We have two readings today. First one is from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. And the second is from John chapter 1, verses 10 to 14. Starting with Luke. On the day Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The second reading. John chapter 1, verses 10 to 14. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet all to who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The world became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, glory of the one and only Son. He came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, thanks, uh, Robert. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's uh, Michael. If I haven't uh, met you before, good to see you all here. Now, I wonder, are you listening to me? Mm. Now... Those amongst us who are parents of young children, or perhaps even grandparents of young children, this is probably a question you find yourself asking a lot of the time, especially when you've said one thing to your child, and they go and do immediately the exact opposite thing. Uh, perhaps you've had to call up a bank or an insurance company. You know exactly what you want. You know why you're calling them. Uh, but the person on the other end of the phone, they're trying to upsell you. They're trying to sell you a new product you just feel like screaming down the phone, stop, are you listening to me? Uh, in my household, when the footy's on, Liz doesn't even need to ask, are you listening to me? Because she knows I'm not. Uh, best, best to wait until half time if she's got something important to say. Now I wonder, have you ever asked this same question, are you listening to me, when you were praying? Like you're the one doing all the talking and getting nothing back in response. Wondering, 
Is anyone listening to my prayers? Am I just speaking to myself? Speaking to the roof? Into thin air? I reckon if we're honest, uh, many of us have experienced times when we've had feelings like this. I know I have. So why do we experience this problem? How is it that we start to wonder if anyone is listening to our prayers? Well, today I want to give you real confidence that your prayers are being heard. And the reason that you can have this confidence is because when we speak to God in prayer, we're not speaking to some far-off and unknown God, but we are speaking to our Father. We are His children. And it is because we are His children that we can have confidence that our prayers are being heard. So in the first reading that we had from Luke chapter 11... Jesus focuses on a particular attribute of God's character. And this is his character as our Father. And in that reading from Luke chapter 11, Jesus is responding to his disciples who have asked them to teach them how to pray like John's disciples. And Jesus begins his lesson on prayer by teaching the disciples to address God as Father. Now, I've been around uh, lots of people with interesting nicknames, As you would know, I've got my own nickname, uh, Steamer, based on my last name. Uh, My two best mates are Weeksy and Pogo. Uh, Monkey, Snake, Rabbit, Possum. These are all names of people that I've known throughout my life. And it's, you know, because Australians, perhaps more than other cultures, we just love a good nickname. I think the reason is because if you call someone by their nickname... It really shows that you know them. You have a connection, a relationship. There's a degree of familiarity there. Now, Father or Heavenly Father, I know that's not God's nickname, but being able to address God as Father, it does show this same kind of connection, this same kind of relationship. There's a degree of familiarity. And if you've been around Christian circles for a while, Maybe the magnitude of this has been lost on you over time. Addressing God as Father, that just feels like a familiar thing. But it's important to see the significance of Jesus' teaching here. Being able to approach the maker of heaven and earth, the king of the everlasting kingdom, with such boldness and such familiarity as our Father, that's an enormous thing. I think the only comparable thing, and even... Honestly, it's not even in the same ballpark, but it's the best comparison I could think of. Was if you address the Queen as Mum. Could you imagine that? I mean, it's bad enough when you're a kid in the classroom and you accidentally call the teacher Mum. I mean, how much worse would it to be called the Queen Mum? You'd be hearing from her bodyguards very, very quickly if you're ever so bold as to call the Queen Mum. That's far too familiar for someone of such importance. And yet, Jesus teaches us that we can have that level of familiarity with the Almighty God, who is far more prestigious than the Queen. We can know God personally as our Father. That's truly incredible. And as such, we can have confidence that our prayers are being heard. For our God is by his very nature a relational God, one who desires a relationship with each and every one of us, one who can be known by us. We can relate to him as our Father through prayer. 
And we can be assured that our Father hears us when we pray to him. Now, given that we're all unique people with our own unique experiences of family relationships, this idea of God being a father will be creating a variety of different emotions and responses for us all. You may have reflected on that last week uh, during Father's Day. For some of us, we've had positive uh, experiences uh, with our own earthly fathers. And so the thought of God being a father, it taps into these positive experiences and these feelings. And so God being a father, it's a reassuring, a comforting thing. But that's not the case for all of us. On the other hand, some of us have had deeply negative experiences with our own earthly fathers. Perhaps we don't even know who they are. If that has been your experience, please know that God is not that kind of father. He is vastly superior to all earthly fathers. Verses 11 to 13 of our reading from Luke chapter 11, they make this point, that our heavenly father, he delights in giving us what is good for us, beyond what our earthly fathers could ever provide. So let's read those verses again uh, from Luke chapter 11, verse 11. There it says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Well, here Jesus, he points out that earthly fathers, generally speaking, they seek after the good of their children and they delight to provide good gifts for them. And if earthly fathers, even though they are far from perfect, as it says in verse 13, if they know how to give good gifts, how much more will the Heavenly Father delight to give you good gifts too? And not just any old good gifts, like a fish or an egg, as it says in the text. No, instead, our Heavenly Father delights to give us the good gift of the Holy Spirit. The good gift of the Holy Spirit which is the gift of having God's presence continually with us here and now. More than just being the gift of God's presence with us, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it helps us take on the family resemblance. You know how some families, you can tell that they're a family just by looking at them. There's a common feature. They all look the same. My wife Liz, her her sisters, her parents, uh, now her two little nieces, they all have the same eyes. You can tell that they're a family, that they're all related, just by looking at them. There's a clear uh, family resemblance. Uh, family resemblance, though, is not just limited to uh, physical traits. It can also be in behaviour or in skills. Uh, my dad is very good at maths, you know, one of those annoying people that numbers just come to very easily. And that's a skill that he passed on to me and my brothers. We're those annoying people too. That's a bit dorky, but that's our family resemblance. But the Holy Spirit, he helps us take on the family resemblance of God's family. The Holy Spirit helps us become more like our big brother Jesus, who provides the example for the rest of us in the family to follow. This is the lifelong journey of the Christian person, to continue to take on more and more of the family resemblance, to continue to be more and more like Jesus. 
So not only does the Holy Spirit help us take on the family resemblance, the Holy Spirit also guarantees that we'll receive our family inheritance, which is eternal life in heaven. Eternal life. That's a pretty amazing inheritance. I think that's far better than uh, grandma's fancy china set or grandpa's coin collection. So as a child of God, you can have confidence that God will hear your prayers and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which helps you take on the family resemblance and guarantees your family inheritance. These are the joyous blessings that come with being a child of God and knowing him as your father. But even if we know all of this, even if we believe all of it to be true in our hearts, prayer can still be a hard thing in our daily lives, can't it? Prayer, it's not like other conversations that we have. You know, we typically don't hear a big booming voice from heaven speak back to us as we pray. I mean, I don't. Maybe you do. I don't know. But for those of us who don't hear that thunderous voice from heaven, prayer can at times feel like a one-sided conversation. Like we're doing all the speaking and not getting anything back. That feeling, that difficulty, that's what I want to spend a little bit of time addressing now. The question of how do we hear God speaking to us? Now, of course, God could speak to us in a clear, audible voice. He's God after all. He could definitely do that. The Bible records plenty of occasions when he does do exactly that. As I said, I haven't heard God speak to me like that. Maybe you haven't either. But this doesn't mean that God is silent towards us, though. So we also read a section from John chapter 1 earlier. In the final verse of that reading, John chapter 1 verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word that became flesh, the word that was with God, the word that is God, is Jesus the Son. God the Father's words are embodied in the person of God the Son, Jesus. And so the person of Jesus coming to live with humanity is the most significant way in which God has spoken to us. Now obviously, us here in Woolcroft in 2021... We don't live in first century Israel, therefore we don't have the opportunity to see Jesus in the flesh. But the people who were there, who did speak with him, who saw him, who touched his resurrected body, the people who saw the glory of the one and only Son, as John did, well, they recorded what they saw and what they heard. And at the other end of his book, John tells us exactly why he recorded what he had seen and what he heard. So in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, there John says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, He knew that Jesus' words were not just for him and for the other disciples, but they are for us too, so that we may also have life in Jesus' name. 
This is why it's so important that we spend time reading and understanding what the Bible has to say. The Bible's the written word of God. It's the way we receive God's words. It's the way that we hear him speaking to us today. So rather than waiting for a voice from heaven uh, for us to hear what God has to say, we need to hear what God has already said to us through the Bible and in the person of Jesus. Well, this perspective, it, it helps us see that God, he initiated the conversation with us. Prayer then is our response. Prayer's a continuation of the conversation which God has started. He spoke to us first. He's far more ready to hear us respond than we are to speak to him. And so then it's important that we keep this perspective in our minds when prayer begins to feel like a one-sided conversation, when it feels like you're not hearing anything back. In those moments when perhaps we've lost this outlook and it feels like we can't hear God speaking to us, like he is far off, we need to realign our perspective. We need to bring this viewpoint that God has spoken to us first back into focus. Because the problem is not that God isn't speaking to us, but perhaps the problem is that God has already spoken and we're just not listening. So then when we lose this perspective, as we all surely will at one point or another in life, a helpful question we need to ask ourselves is, am I listening to what God has already said to me through his word in the Bible? God has spoken to us through Jesus and he has spoken to us through his word in the Bible. But it's not just past tense, not just God has spoken to us. God continues to speak to us in the present. And the one way in which, uh, one way in which this happens here and now is through the work of the Holy Spirit. As we speak to, as we teach, as we comfort, encourage one another. God can and he does speak into each of our lives through the people that are around us. I mean, isn't that incredible that God chooses to speak to you through the people that are around you? And on the other side of the coin, that through the Holy Spirit at work in you, God uses you to speak into the lives of the people around you. The Holy Spirit works within us so that when we encourage one another, when we teach one another, when we love one another, when we correct one another, we are speaking God's very words to one another. What an incredible privilege it is to speak the very words of God to each other. This has been something that's been especially significant in my life. I remember back a few years ago when I was still in the Air Force and a job opportunity came up in Florida, in America. And this job opportunity was to work on the brand new fast jets that the Air Force was buying. I thought, this is amazing. What an opportunity to go and live and work in another country and work on these brand new jets, a new technology. This is super exciting. And uh, everyone at work was telling me, oh, you know, with your experience, you know, apply for this job and you're going to get it. So I applied for it. I prayed about it. And I didn't get it. I was really upset and really bitter about it. I mean, I didn't want to be in Adelaide anymore because, after all, I wanted to be in Florida instead. And I spoke to my mate, Pogo, about it. And he said, well, 
Maybe God wants you to be here in Adelaide. And my initial reaction, which I only thought this, but I, I didn't say it out loud, I was like, well, that may be God's plan, but I don't want to be here. After some time and some reflection, I realised that my mate was right and I was wrong. I needed to let go of my bitterness and change my attitude. I needed to get on board with what God had planned for me, not with what I'd planned for myself. And that change in attitude, that change in perspective, occurred because God used my mate to speak his words into my life. Perhaps you have had similar experiences and stories that you can share. Because this is one of the great uh, and many blessings of Christian community. We aren't going through life alone. But all of us together, as the children of God, are the family of God. And God uses us to speak in the lives of our brothers and sisters in the family as we walk our journeys together. So have confidence that your prayers are being heard. Have confidence that your Heavenly Father is listening when you pray. He's a good Father. Be assured that you're not having a one-sided conversation, but God has spoken to you through the person of Jesus, through his word in the Bible, and that he continues to speak to you through the Holy Spirit at work in your brothers and sisters in Christ. So then what are we to do? How are we to respond? Well, listen and be ready to hear what God is saying to you today. Be ready for the Holy Spirit to be at work in you, moulding you so that more and more you bear the family resemblance. Ready for the Holy Spirit to use you to speak his words, to encourage, to teach, to correct, to love one another as we are the family of God. Well, let me finish in prayer having full confidence that God is listening. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be called your children and that we can know you and speak to you as our Father. We praise you because you are a good Father. You reached out and you spoke to us first and you delight in hearing our response to you in prayer. We confess that we do not always listen to what you have to say to us, May you soften our hearts and give us open ears so we may hear you speaking to us and we might put your words into action. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.